0: For the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. And
1: we are back and better than ever. We did a a best-of show on Friday. Had a little conflict, but uh, we are here, and we are. um, I am. I'm here. (laughs) It's me. Okay. Uh, much, much happening in the world, and I had a uh, uh, some incredibly enlightening conversations yesterday with uh, active duty and uh, uh, veterans, and and one of them needs your help. I'm going to be talking to a friend of mine named Paul Chapa. He felt the call to do something after 9/11. He created a charity called Friends in the Service of Heroes, and it's based in the Midwest. and I have known Paul for a number of years, and it's uh, it's wonderful his organization. And um, Paul has got a friend who has rescued 53 Afghan uh, allies, uh, interpreters, and they are inside the confines of the Kabul airport. I was privy to an incredibly emotional phone call yesterday pleading with Paul and someone. If you know somebody in the State Department, we need to get these people out. We need to get Americans out. And if the government is going to do it, then by God, we, we've got to do something about it. We've got to do something about it. So I want to talk to Paul here in a few. We'll get to the information, and if you if you know somebody who knows somebody, we will uh, see what we can do. This is one of the things that uh, I'm very fortunate to have the uh, platform to do this, and hopefully find a solution. I just want to mention a new sponsor this week. There's a new book. It's called "Physician on a Mission: Doctor Veltmeyer's Prescription to Save America." Um, this is pretty interesting. Doctor James Veltmeyer has put together. This is a series of op-eds um, of columns. In a time where what we think, if it disagrees with the popular narrative, it's suddenly disinformation. Did you notice that? I mean, if you didn't tow the uh, the WHO party line on uh, YouTube, I, I got my, my page taken away. I got my Facebook page taken away. So this is a book that I think you're really going to enjoy Uh, He talks about everything from health care, COVID-19, foreign policy, immigration, uh, China, trade, the federal judiciary, homelessness, education, abortion, all of these things in a very, very, very compelling book. I'll tell you more about it, but it's just it's Physician on a Mission, Dr. Veltmeyer's Prescription to Save America. It's available on Amazon and all the usual on the usual outlets. This is a column that I uh, read this weekend from uh, ITV correspondent John Irvine. And he was in uh, Kabul, he still is, I believe. He said there's a dividing line between Taliban-held Kabul and the American-held part of the airport. And it's separated by a roll of concertina wire. At that divide stood a line of armed Taliban, now wearing Western Army combat fatigues. Just feet from them were soldiers from the 82nd Airborne Division, one of the U.S. Army's most storied units. The look on the Americans' faces was one I had never seen before. It was seething humiliation. A long drive over the tarmac brought us up to the apron being used by giant C-17 Globemaster transport planes. Sunday, August 15th, is a day that should live in infamy. The culmination of American surrender and failure saw the Taliban amble into Kabul unopposed. It was walkover. It was a walkover that has seen our principles trampled into dust. Millions of hearts sank as dread filled the air. The possibilities that our hopes and dreams vanished as helicopters dropped flares. Uh, and their rotor blades beat the retreat to the Capitol's airport, President Biden had persuaded himself that at some stage over the span of 20 years, a just cause became a lost cause. Wow. This is so frustrating and aggravating, and I am spitting mad. I, I have not been this outraged in a very long time, and there's plenty to be outraged about. And this president, who is responsible for the third deadliest day in 20 years in Afghanistan, is going to Dover to greet the caskets, and I don't think he is worthy of it. And I, I'm not afraid to say it. I hope a Gold Star parent now, who's been a Gold Star parent for just a few days, gives him a little what for and humiliates him. We had a patriotic president who supported our military in the White House eight months ago. And this president sat this weekend with the new prime minister of Israel and fell asleep in the chair. He fell asleep in the chair. Unbelievable. His speech after the, uh, the deaths of the soldiers on Thursday was rambling, incoherent, and insulting. Here's some of the president's despicable comments and his moment of
2: silence. American military has been answering for a long time. Here I am, Lord, send me. Well, please. Here I am, send me. Shut up. Each one of these women and men of our armed forces are the heirs of that tradition of sacrifice, of volunteering to go in harm's way, to risk everything. And you've
1: been in Washington, D.C. as an absolute failure, and you've been wrong about everything for almost 50 years.
2: Not for glory, not for profit, but to defend what we love and the people we love.
1: And I ask that you join. You know, me. saying God bless the military at the end of every speech doesn't mean that you're behind the military.
2: ...me now. In a moment of silence for all those in uniform and out, military and civilian, who have given the last full measure of devotion. Meaningless.
1: (laughs) His words are meaningless to me. I mean, they they are absolutely meaningless to me. This man needs to be removed from office, 25th Amendment or, or impeachment, one or the other. He is not worthy. He is not capable. He is not capable of being the president. Here, uh, Peter Ducey is asking a question.
2: Let me take the one question from the most interesting guy that I know in the press. That's you.
0: Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline. You pulled troops out. You sent troops back in. And now 12 Marines are dead. You
1: now, this president is going to blame Donald Trump. I just want you to be ready for that. ...said
0: the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks?
2: I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened. But... ...of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you one day say these things. <laughs> you know as well as I do that a former president... Made wow. a deal with the Taliban.
1: Yeah, he did. And it was conditional. It was conditional. If you mess with Americans or our allies, we're going to pound you to sand.
2: If he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made. And that was a year before.
1: I really don't want to hear his voice anymore. Do you? I, I really I don't want to hear his lousy voice anymore. Um, the buck stops with me. I am responsible, but it's Donald Trump's fault. That's all you need to know about the awful character of this man, the awful, awful character of this man. Here's Jen Psaki when she was asked about calls for his uh, his resignation.
0: Um, so two Republican senators so far have called on the president to resign over the attacks in Afghanistan today. What's the White House's response to that?
3: Where are their priorities? Their priorities should be with the Americans who are trapped. We need to get them out. We need to stand by our allies. This
1: is a piece put together by The Daily Caller.
3: ...in Afghanistan, and we need this president to resign. He has proven that he is incompetent, and he's incapable of leading this nation. have said that the president's actions in recent days mean that he should be impeached or that he should resign. Do you agree with those calls for impeachment or resignation?
1: This is Kevin McCarthy. extremely frustrated with this president.
0: As I said, if you want to be president of the free world... You have to have the faith, the trust, and the confidence of the American public. President Biden lost that yesterday. There will be a day of reckoning, and we have a constitutional rights. Right now, in the next five days, everyone's responsibility should only be focused on getting the Americans out. When that day passes, we can take up anything to hold accountable for the actions that have been taken, the lies that have been given. The misdecisions that have put Americans in harm's way and a decision to leave Americans behind, that choice and that answer should never be given as
1: a president of the United States. He removed the military first. Yes, ma'am.
4: We cannot afford to continue to go down This this path where the Taliban calls the shots and sleepy sluggish Joe acts like their little puppet. He needs to resign now. The world needs America to have real leadership. And if he refuses to resign, We will take action. Kamala and Nancy can follow him out the dang door. I would say first, um, this is a day where U.S. service members, 12 of them, lost their lives uh, at the hands of terrorists. Uh, It's not a day for politics. And we would expect that uh, any. Don't
1: preachify to me. Don't preach a fight. I mean, don't stand on your podium and look down at me.
4: American, whether they're elected or not, would stand with us and our commitment to going after and fighting. How dare you
1: ask us about uh, our uh, absolute failure that resulted in the death of Americans?
4: And killing those terrorists wherever they live and to honoring the memory of service members. And that's what this day is for. Just
2: to clarify, since you said you were with him, mm-hmm.
1: um, how was he? How was his mood? How was... is he sleeping? The... Uh, in dealing with all these, with the incoming information, how was he in asking the
3: questions of military commanders? Sorry.
4: Well, I, I would say that anyone who's watched uh, the president up close, which is most of you, uh, knows that uh, the the putting the lives of servicemen and women at risk and those decisions that you have to make as commander and chief weigh heavily on him. And as I noted a few minutes ago, any day where you lose service members is a... Uh, maybe the worst day of your presidency
1: here is uh, jen being asked about the plan and and many service people said we should keep at least 2500 soldiers in the country at bagram air force base at the least and that of course was completely ignored by the senile old man
3: thank you jen can you explain the rationale for why president biden went against the advice of military commanders who recommended leaving 2500 troops on the ground in afghanistan
4: well, I think that's an overcharacterization of every military leader, and I don't think they've all provided their point of view. Not
1: 100% of them, just about 98% of them.
4: ...on what their advice is, and we'll keep that private. Not
1: she's being gin snarky.
4: So you can certainly speak to individuals if you'd like, of course. I will say, again, the president uh, welcomed the advice, welcomed at times... And then completely ignored it. ...agreement about what the appropriate path forward
1: should be. And then Kabul fell and the whole country fell in 10 days.
4: But his view, based on the assessments of where our terrorist threat exists today the fact that it is meta- in
1: the united states right with the white supremacists and the trump supporters
4: that it has spread into many other regions of the world that we can still uh ha- we still do have the ability to uh have a presence oh in- blah
1: blah blah i can't take it anymore i need some sebastian gorka on the greg kelly show
5: that this is just so predictable let me just tell you one story so i i'd left the british territorial army but i was still engaged in national security affairs And five years into the GWAT, the war on terror, I was invited by NATO to come and have a look at the great nation building we're doing, Greg, in Afghanistan. And I was taken around four different provinces. I got to speak to the U.S. troops, to our allies. And something didn't gel with me. And the last place I stopped was the military academy that we built, taxpayer dollars built outside Kabul next to the old Soviet tank graveyard. I got a wonderful PowerPoint presentation from a major strong in the U.S. Army. Yes, that was his name. Lots of lovely photographs of the Afghan security forces. We graduated. And something didn't gel for me. So I I said, thank you very much. I signed a waiver so I could go outside outside of the wire by myself. And I did a little bit of due diligence. And this is just one illustration of why what happened happened the way it happened. After every graduation of Afghans, we trained. NCO, senior NCOs, officers, when they got their last wadge of uh, per DM in US dollars, more than 40% of them, Greg, would disappear back to their tribal areas, back to their militias. We basically trained the bad guys to take down the host nation we had funded. And one last figure, just so people understand, we have invested 20,000 US servicemen killed or injured, and $60 million spent every day since 9-11 in Afghanistan. This, what happened in Kabul, would not have happened under the watch of my former boss, Donald Trump, and the fact that Marines die today is an utter disgrace and an indictment of Joe Biden and everybody who works for his stinking administration.
1: Fantastically said. Here's a little bit more of Seb Gorka with Greg Kelly.
5: Oh, Greg, I spent six years as a DOD civilian teaching irregular warfare and counterterrorism before I joined the Trump administration. The, we, we have a, a, a class, a generation of woke generals. I've had generals tell me. That the greatest threat we face is global warming and climate change. And I know one thing. They all have to be fired, cashiered, and kicked out of the services. Anybody over the rank of 05 or 06 has to go. The good guys, the majors, the senior NCOs, we rebuild the American Army. And I tell you one thing. We do not have the capacity to protect our forces and the Americans stuck in that theater right now. If Donald Trump, I had Donald Trump, I had the president on my radio show yesterday, and I know one thing. If he were in the White House right now, he would have already deployed the hammers of hell. The Little Birds would be flying. The Spectre gunships would be exacting retribution right now from ISIS-K, the Taliban, you name it. And we wouldn't leave that theater until every one of those bastards is dead. Now we're seeing the opposite. We're seeing a a senile old man, a husk of a man, reading notes today saying, and this is the person I've been instructed to take a question from. This (laughs) is the commander-in-chief. Yeah.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah, he did. He actually said that. Let me see if I can find the the soundbite of the president actually going to a a pre-prepared question, which he can only do because he has no uh, mental ability left.
2: He gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC.
1: He needs to go. He needs to be removed from office. There's no doubt about it. Everybody knows it. The emperor is naked. Here he is actually literally sleeping. This is the, the new prime minister of Israel who's a tool as well. Just talking, talking, talking as Joe sits there with his eyes closed and his head down.
3: Yet another chapter in the beautiful story... Of the friendship between our two nations, the United States of America and the Jewish democratic state of Israel.
6: Both of us who seek to do good and need to be strong.
3: (laughs) Really,
1: Biden is just sitting there with his head down, uh, sleeping. Wow. Just wow. How much evidence do you need? This weekend, he was out of uh, commission. Uh, He was done early on Friday afternoon this is not the leader of the free world. This is not the leader of the free world. Here's Greg Kelly talking to Devin Nunes about uh, Biden and the reaction to the deaths of our soldiers. Well, look,
0: I think we have to first put it in perspective. This is the third deadliest day in a 20 year war. So how did that happen? Uh, If anybody paid attention closely to what Biden said, he said that this was the most efficient plan that the military generals and admirals gave him uh, and how to go about- Nonsense keeping the embassy safe and getting out of Afghanistan. Now, I don't believe that. I, I can't imagine that our military professionals said that. It just it just can't be true, Greg, you have to know that.
1: There's no possible way on God's- Did you hear, I mean, what I, what I talked about, members of the 82nd Airborne, seething humiliation. That's what they're feeling right now.
0: Green earth that you would ever give up Bagram. Bagram would be the last place that you would leave. Why? It's really simple because it was a protected airfield that gave us the capabilities to provide air support. So strategically, right now, uh, there's not very many good strategies because we're having to build a damn air bridge from the Middle East, and we're having to keep that up uh, for you know 24/7. Uh, and look, with an air bridge, it's very very difficult. So. I don't know how we're going to finish this off. Uh, my guess is it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any, any better. Uh, let's just hope and pray that uh, because that's about what we're down to uh, now are hopes and prayers, uh, which you saw Biden do that. I've never seen a president do a moment of silence with the press. I mean, what the hell is going on in this country?
1: I've lost my son, but there are still Marines over there, said Jim McCollum, the father of slain serviceman Riley McCollum, who's expecting a baby with his wife next month. It was just as you see it in the movies, Jim McCollum said, of the two U.S. Marines who showed up at his Jackson, Wyoming home. He didn't even need to open the door to know his son. Lance Corporal Riley McCollum had been killed in Kabul. Riley was 20 years old. He's about a year younger than my son. Here's some more of uh, Devin Nunes talking to Greg Kelly.
0: Uh, Look, I think you're exactly right. I always keep it simple. And you know this because of your time. Uh, I want our military to just do a few very basic things. One, win wars. Two, provide for defense. And three, stay the hell out of politics. And it looks like they're doing none of those. And in fact, they're fully engaging in number three and completely failing on one and two. One, winning a war. We lost this war. We didn't have to lose this war Two, what deterrence are we possibly providing right now but showing the rest of america that we're completely weak and we have an imbecile as as our president of the united states and three you have all of the military general and intelligence involved in this look they've continued to say that oh the best of intelligence said x y and z we didn't know this was going to happen nonsense uh look what's sadly had to happen over my time in the, on in the intelligence community for the last decade is I've had to basically now read the tea leaves. You have to pull the politics out of these intelligence reports that you read. Then I have to actually call people who have open source information to get an idea of actually what's happening
1: on the ground. Speaking of what's happening on the ground, two uh, congressmen, Seth Moulton and uh, uh, Peter Meyer, went to Afghanistan. They've taken heat from the liberal media about going over without telling the president, I guess. Uh, this is Moulton. He's a Democrat. He said in a tell all interview with New York magazine, uh, he called Biden's withdrawal a total effing disaster. The thing that everybody needs to understand, even if you completely agree with the Biden administration to dis- decision to withdraw the way they have handled it is a total bleeping disaster. It will be measured in bodies because a lot of people are dying because they can't get out. While on the ground in Kabul for 15 hours on Tuesday, Moulton said he witnessed scenes that were truly out of this world, describing the situation as the most visceral, raw view of humanity that I will probably ever see in my life. Moulton said that he saw thousands upon thousands of Afghans desperate to leave the country. I've never seen more people cry, just salty Marines, seasoned State Department veterans just breaking down in tears, talking about their work and hugging me and saying, thank you for coming. Refugees are are going to start dying today if we don't get them help in places like Qatar. Thousands will get slaughtered by the Taliban if we don't somehow devise a plan to get them out before we leave. Molten said. Here is uh, Spicer and Company. They talked to uh, Representative Peter Marr on going to Afghanistan. Congressman Moulton and I had
7: both been working hard on this issue, specifically around the special immigrant visa program for our interpreters and others who put themselves at risk to support this mission that we had. <clears throat> we had been stonewalled time and again by the administration. We saw the information coming out of there was deceptive, inaccurate, uh, or downright a lie. Uh, and we knew that we had to see for ourselves. That's
1: why they had to go to Afghanistan, because they
7: can't trust the administration. ...to better understand the situation, to be able to report back to our colleagues and to make sure that we had the most efficient way of providing information to the forces that were going out and rescuing American citizens and our loyal Afghan allies who needed to be evacuated before the Taliban got to them. And that's what we did.
1: Here is uh, Representative Peter Meyer saying what he saw.
4: And Congressman, what did you see on the ground?
7: We saw the best of America. We saw American men and women who were put in an impossible situation, a situation they should never have been in, except for this catastrophically failed withdrawal by President Biden. But nonetheless, we're working hard every day to save American lives and to rescue those loyal Afghans who had served and fought alongside us. Uh, we saw chaos and pandemonium at the gates that they were trying to control. Uh, and we also saw a very unstable and untenable security situation where our forces have had to work hand in hand with the Taliban, an absurd scenario that is not lost on the military, on the ground, many of whom have spent their careers hunting down to kill or capture members of the Taliban that they're now sitting across the table from. But that is the only course of action that is left They are in an impossible situation and working day and night to make the best of it, to save as many lives as they can with the time that they have
1: left. If this is allowed to continue, this will be the end of the country. It'll be the end of the country. We can't be led like this. We have had everything that we hold dear attacked by the Democrat Party and the left in this country for the last four years. The flag, the pledge, our military, our police, the country is founded. And I'm just done. I'm fighting mad. I am fighting mad. We have too much invested in this in this great country in the last 20 years since September the 11th, and we will not be whizzed upon anymore by the left. Let's call my friend Paul Chapa. He's got an incredible charity. It's called Friends in Service of Heroes, Friends in Service of Heroes, and he has a friend in Afghanistan who needs your help. Let's call him. Hello? Paul Chapa, how are you, sir? Very well. Doing well, Rob. How are you? I'm I'm good, you know, just uh, hoping and praying that, uh, you know, we don't have any more casualties in this Afghan pullout. Um, uh, did get to speak to you yesterday and some of your military friends. I, I'd like to get to uh, the conversations that were, were had. Um, just real quick before we start, I mean, you started Friends in Service of Heroes uh, because of the Middle East conflict, because of Afghanistan and Iraq. Why don't you tell us about the organization and what motivated you to start it?
3: Yeah, thanks, Rob. Yeah, friends in service of heroes. Fish started out with, uh, you know, shortly after 9/11. I just, I just wanted an old guy like me in the food industry. I just wanted to do something. And what can I do? Let's find some some troops to feed. And turned out, started with the Marine Corps and uh, doing dinners at generals' homes at their quarters. And uh, after after about four or five of them, uh, General made a comment that America's not at war. They're at the mall. And it was that statement that was like a spear wow. in my chest. Um, you know, I told my guys that were with me, we can do more than just feed our troops. Let's find a way to to help them and, and support them. In fact, let's go fishing. So, fish friends and service heroes, uh, we go fishing for our veterans. We find find them. They don't find us. We find them, and we basically help them uh, with mobility chairs and hospital equipment, yep. service dogs, and yep. helping with bills, whatever it takes. You know, and we want to help those that will never ask those men, and women that serve our country, and. And so that's kind of what led to fish, and we've done a lot of dogs, thirty-six dogs, and a lot of dinners. Yeah, just doing what we can, Rob.
1: Yeah, I've been there when uh, when you've given some of these uh, these eighteen thousand dollar track wheelchairs, and uh, suddenly, a yeah. uh, quad or paraplegic uh, soldier can can say, "I can experience the great outdoors again." It, it's it's an enormous right. it's an enormous thing for those who've had so much taken away from them.
3: That's so true. So true. It's the least we can do.
1: Yeah. Yesterday I, I was uh, hanging out at your house and, and met several of your friends who are in the military. And one uh, gentleman who leave the, left the party a little early said that, Rob, I feel like with regard to Joe Biden pulling us out so unpreparedly in such a terrible fashion... I feel betrayed beyond belief, like if you, if you, you know, found your spouse cheating on you. Um, and, and the way he said it was so breathtaking to me. I also saw um, ITV correspondent John Irvine. He said when he looked at uh, the Americans' faces in Kabul as they stood across barbed wire from Taliban now wearing Western army combat fatigues. He said that the look on their faces was seething humiliation. I want to know from you who you've put so much of your heart into these people, uh, gold star families and, and veterans kind of express to me what you think they're feeling and what you've heard from those who you've helped and you work with.
3: Well, Rob, we, I've actually spoken to several gold star moms and, um, uh... And uh, we've been fielding so many calls from veterans. And like my friend said, they all feel betrayed. They feel completely betrayed. And, you know, you were privy to a conversation yesterday where one of our veterans that, uh, that served, uh, gosh, for 30-plus years of his life is trying to get some of the, his Afghan interpreters to the United States and their families. Yeah. And these are, these are people that he fought alongside with and bled with. And again, you know, they all feel betrayed. I mean, who, who does this? Well, we don't. What happened in not leaving a man behind? I, you know, I, I what I, happened I, with with not 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 negotiating with terrorists? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's unfathomable. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it, it's 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 very frustrating. I don't want to use the word t, but holy cow! Yeah, they they all feel as though this treachery. It's one t. Uh, it's, it's unconscionable.
1: Yeah. Now, yesterday, I was privy to a phone call that you had received from um, I don't know if we can use names or not. One of uh, your um, your friends has rescued 53 people already from Afghanistan, right. but now needs to get them out of the region, right? Explain what's going on here, Paul. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe there's somebody in my audience who could help out.
3: Right. Well, they've been able to get them out of, uh, from from outside the wire. They're inside the Kabul airport area. Mm-hmm. So now they're just waiting for transportation to a friendly country, whether that's Germany, whether that's Qatar. You know, there's several com- uh, countries that are taking, uh, you know, these these, these incredible uh, human beings. And, uh, you know, we heard, I read this morning that, you know, there was a flight that just left with less than 30 people, yeah. you know, a, C1, a C-17 that left with like, Twelve or something like that. Come on, what is going on?
1: So, what is he? What did he? Is he looking for
3: what? What can he's he's looking for? Uh, individuals that would have contacts within the State Department and, okay. and other government agencies that could say, okay, let's let's put these people at, at the top of the list. I mean, they have all the papers that our government requires to get them on a plane and out of the country.
1: How can people get in touch with you? Um, I don't know if you want to do your phone number, you want to do an email, something, but if, if there's let's, somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody.
3: Thanks, Rob. Yeah, let's let's uh, use my email. Okay. It's very simple. Paul.Chapa, that's spelled C-H-A-P-A, at ServingHeroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, .org. Okay.
1: Um, I'm reaching out to a bunch of different people that I know. Uh, one of our Newsmax anchors is Carl Higby. He was a special forces operator for nine years. Uh, he said on, on the broadcast Friday, he says, if I were asked, I would go now and save people. And that's just amazing to me because most people run away from fire and he runs right in it and he has never given up that. That's what makes him so incredible.
3: Yeah. Well, the thing is about our, our American soldiers, uh, they're wired to serve, Rob. I've, I've gotten the same response from Vietnam veterans. Here are 70-year-old men that remember the fall of Saigon. You know, we have wow. a dear friend that was there as a 6-year-old kid when Saigon fell. And he knew, he, he understands exactly what these people are going through. Yeah. We've been abandoned. Yeah. How could this happen? We've been abandoned. Yeah. And... All for what? Is, is, is it for? Is it a publicity stunt? It, that's what's so frustrating. I
1: don't know. I don't know, Paul. I, it's it's just I, I. I've known you for a number of years, and and I remember even like six years ago we, on September the 11th when you were in my studio and we wept. We wept for those who were lost, not only in the towers but also in the service. And and this is so raw to me because I, listen, all I've I've got time invested in. It. I don't have blood invested in it. Okay, I don't yeah. have a lost family member. I've got a nephew who has PTSD cuz he watched his best friend blown up in front of him in Afghanistan. And it just yeah. seems like god we got we've got a generation, Paul, has invested in this. And this yeah. is how it ends.
3: Right. <sighs> and and Rob with the vets I've spoken with, they, you know, they all wanted to be done with this. But this is not the way it's done. No. This, this is, was not the way to do it. No.
1: And the icing on the cake is is the 13, I heard now 14 uh, of our soldiers were killed. Um, one, I think, just passed away. I just, I'm just i getting confirmed reports on that. There's also been another attack this morning, uh, an explosion um, as a rocket hit a, uh, a building near the airport. So uh, Biden had said that it was going to happen again. We were going to have a, some sort of attack yeah. in 24 to 36 hours. I shudder, Paul, to think what's going to happen on it, on September the 11th when the guns are fired in the air and the world's terrorists are celebrating America's humiliation.
3: That's right. That's right. I, I, I agree with you 100. percent Rob, I mean, you know, he just sent a drone to kill what two people?
1: Yeah, and he won't, and he two won't, and he won't announce the names of it. And that's why I think it's all nonsense. I, I, I don't think it even happened.
3: I, I really we don't know where their leadership's sitting. I, we know where their leadership's at. Why, why not drop a bomb there? Paul, well, here's the deal. Yeah, you know, no.
1: you know, they they couldn't tell that that the whole country was going to cl- fall in ten days, and yet they're going to say in twenty four hours they found the person who who did this bombing, the people who set it up, and and blew them away. I just I doubt exactly. this very seriously. Once again, if people want to email you, and again, we're talking about people who maybe work in the State Department, maybe soldiers who still have connections. Right. Uh, there are some people at the Kabul airport that need to get out, and and your friend right. needs their help, their guidance. Again, give me your email, Paul.
3: Paul.chapa, C-H-A-P-A, at servingheroes.org. Okay.
1: All right. I will do my very best. I, I've got some connections, but uh, I know that my audience is a wealth of, uh, uh, of information, and hopefully we can get something to help those folks out.
3: Like Tommy Franks always says, one team, one fight. And, Rob, I appreciate your voice. I appreciate you wanting to support this. I believe that you are like most Americans. We're all in shock. Yeah, yeah. We're all numb by what has just occurred. Well, and be- those that have bled and died and seen their friends die, those are the ones that are most affected by this. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, we could all do something. And I, I think, uh, the time's never been better for us to band together okay. and find a way to do what we can.
1: The, the American people, and with the exception of the radical left, the American people never let the military down. It's the government who never lets them. The, the government always lets the military down, but they still soldier on. They still soldier on. Uh, Paul.Chapa at ServingHeroes.org. Um, if you know anything about the possibility of a connection to get uh, into uh, to, uh, to the airport in Kabul, and there are um, uh, American allies at stake, 53 rescued in the confines of the airport, and they need to get out of there. Paul, we'll talk again later in the week, okay? Thanks, Rob. I'll keep you posted. God bless you, bro. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Friends in Service of Heroes is the name of his, uh, his charity, and it's wonderful. And this is, what, this is what Americans did since 9-11. This is what they did every weekend we have a walk or a run for combat veteran or a gold star family. Every weekend we have a fundraiser. Radio stations do radio thons. I've been involved with radio thons and we have so much invested in us. We cannot let this just lie. This president needs to be held accountable for what he's done want to mention this book. It's uh, a physician on a mission. Dr. Veltmeyer's prescription to save America. It's pretty interesting coming from a, a physician because he takes stands on things that would be considered political, which is now verboten, according to the White House and the um, the mainstream media and uh, big tech. This doctor offers his prescription for curing the deepening crisis of our American Republic, and it is brutally bombarded by cultural revolutionaries in our media and universities and globalist manipulators in New York, Washington, D.C., and Silicon Valley, which is just what I said. He covers a bunch of critical national and international issues in columns that are very easy to digest in this book. I think you're going to find it very compelling. If you're like me and you have no attention span and you can literally sit down with the book and last about 10 minutes, this is a great book for that. (laughs) Okay, uh, and it's fascinating. Again, it is called "Physician on a Mission." Dr. Veltmeyer's prescription to save America. His uh, book is available in hardcover, paperback, and Kindle through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, and Walmart. Okay, uh, here's what a reviewer says: uh, "A remarkable book. Physician on a Mission is the antidote to America destroying policies of the Biden regime and its radical left puppet masters." Physician on a Mission, Dr. Veltmeyer's Prescription to Save America. So glad to have them as a sponsor. Let's move on to a couple of other things before we go. Uh, I I wouldn't talk about Afghanistan uh, the entire show, but there are some things that I would like to mention. Uh, Here is uh, Donald Trump on taking down ISIS when ISIS was rising after Barack Obama's presidency. They're
2: dead. They're dead. As far as I'm concerned, they're dead. They thought that they had to kill people in order to put themselves in a little better negotiating position. When they did that, they killed 12 people. One happened to be a great American soldier, a wonderful young man from Puerto Rico, families from Puerto Rico. And you can't do that. You can't do that with me. So they're dead as far as I'm concerned. And we've hit the Taliban harder in the last four
1: We need him back in the office now.
2: More days that they've been hidden over 10 years. So that's the way it is.
1: So around uh, the country, we have learned that radicals are now involved in school boards and they are making gigantic decisions about your children uh, and what they're taught and how they are treated. For instance, mask mandates, for instance, also critical race theory. Now, in Nashville and Tennessee, they've said that critical race theory will not be taught. However, Nashville's Board of uh, Education essentially says it will be taught in defiance of state law. Here is Emily Masters, um, and she's wearing a mask. She couldn't make it through a minute of speaking because the mask was suffocating her. I find that's kind of funny.
6: After the eradication of institutional racism and white privilege perpetuated by white supremacy culture hard to read this much with a mask on. Furthermore, stand behind... Yeah, you're not cute. ...adoption of curricular materials that adhere to the Tennessee academic standards. Furthermore, stand behind teachers who teach the Tennessee academic standards in a factual manner that represents the truth of this country's history. Furthermore, support... This
1: woman needs to be voted right the hell out.
6: ...and defend teachers' use of materials that incorporate diverse, accurate v- viewpoints... No, they're
1: not actually. Critical race theory is not accurate at all.
6: ...representative of the student body in their classrooms... Furthermore, ensure that individual teachers who teach the Tennessee academic standards are not punished for teaching accurate information.
1: No, they should be booted because they said no critical race theory. This is in Sarasota, a uh, uh, a school board member named Shirley Brown. Listen to what she says about parents raising their children and your freedoms.
3: So there is a way that, yes, we do have to take some of your rights back sometimes what? for the health of all. Wow. Parents do not have... The all-encompassing right to raise their child. Parents aren't always right, and, 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 and school boards certainly aren't. Parents don't always react
1: correctly. There you go. Both Karens, thank you very much. Both Karens. Here's a story out of Southern California. Two kids being booted from a charter school for saying, no, we're not wearing a mask for religious reasons.
4: Two students refusing to wear a mask at a Riverside County high school, and the whole campus goes on lockdown. Jessica O joining us live with that story and reaction. Jessica Christine, this shocked a lot of people. What started out as two students refusing to wear a mask, uh, escalated into a very tense situation on the first day of school last Thursday. Tonight, we spoke to the students involved. It hurts. I mean, we love the school that we go to. Victoria Nelson's a junior at the school. Her brother Drew is a senior. The siblings say they chose not to wear a mask for religious reasons, believing it would be enough to exempt them from the state mandate, even though no one filed any requests with the district or the school. We thought that the school would care about what we believe in, but... No. They just didn't even care (laughs) enough to listen. But administrators say Victoria refused to wear a mask or leave class. And that's when we're told the situation escalated. Listen to what the principal tells her. I need you to stand up or we will have to (laughs) physically remove you from this classroom. You cannot touch me. And she was within a foot of me. And when I would go left, she would follow me. And then I was (laughs) trying to go around her and she would block me and so eventually I just kind of gave up.
1: Eventually, de- It's time to take the damn country back. It is time to take the country back. Here is a, a teacher. Uh, where is she? Oh, yeah, California. Her name is Kristen Pitson. She was offended by the American flag, so she took it down and put up a, uh, a gay pride flag, the rainbow flag. And she said if their kids wanted to do the Pledge of Allegiance and they do it over the school announcements, they could pledge allegiance to the gay pride flag.
7: Okay, so during third period, we have announcements, and they do the Pledge of Allegiance. I always tell my class, stand if you feel like it, don't stand if you feel like it, say the words if you want, don't have to say the words. So my class decided to stand but not say the words. Totally fine. Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there. But I took it down during COVID because it made me
1: uncomfortable. It made her uncomfortable. You know what? Uh, screw you.
7: And, um, I packed it away and I don't know where. And I haven't found
1: it yet. I don't know where it is, the American flag. I don't know. I just probably wadded it up. and stuck in the drawer.
7: <laughs> but my kid today goes, hey, um, it's kind of weird that we just stand and then, you know, we say it to nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got to find it. Like, I'm working on it. I got you.
1: This isn't cute. She, she needs to... <sighs>
7: In the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, oh, that one?
1: The gay flag. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not cute and it's not funny. We live in a really cruel world. We live in a, in a world where hundreds of thousands, millions of people want to kill her, you, you. Me, our families, and take our property. This isn't cute or funny. She was a child on 9-11, you can tell. Oh, and finally, this was pretty funny. Uh, Sydney, Australia, just Australia in general, uh, is just... I mean, wow! I used to think they were a, you know, a country built on uh, rugged individualism. They were originally a prison colony, so I thought everybody there was like ACDC and Mad Max. Not so much, honestly. They're spineless snowflakes. Right now, in the state in the state of New South Wales, which includes the capital city of Sydney, where people uh, are suffering from lockdowns, they can go shopping for only essential items just one visitor is allowed when you go visit somebody worker education that can't be conducted remotely and exercise for one hour in groups no bigger than two and within five kilometers from home all of this stuff and they are going to reward people for getting fully vaccinated with an additional hour of outside recreation time this is north korean the highly anticipated reward for the fully vaccinated in New South Wales is tonight out in the open. Premier Gladys Berejiklian is offering a small gift allowing outdoor gatherings after the state notched up. A little gift of their freedom to go outside for an hour and play. Kind of like letting your dog out for not going potty inside. Six million vaccines. It doesn't take effect instantly. People waiting until September 13. Bill Hogan is in Sydney. Bill, this
0: reward
7: comes with a catch. Well, Michael, it depends on where you live. For fully vaccinated people outside... And, of
1: course, their reporter is wearing a mask like an idiot.
7: ...by the hotspot LGAs. Outdoor gatherings of up to five people are allowed, wow. including children, but only in your council area or within five kilometres of your home. If you live in an area with high cases, members from the same household can go, now go
1: outdoors for a picnic, but only for one hour. It's none of your damn business where I'm going and how far I'm going. Honestly, Wow. Wow. That's going to do it for the show, guys. I greatly appreciate you uh, joining me today, and uh, it's good to be back. Um, If you can, go to Friends in Service of Heroes and uh, check out, and also if if you know anybody in the State Department who could possibly help get some people out of... Afghanistan at, uh, at Kabul, Kabul here's, the, uh, here's my friend's uh, email address, paul.chapa that's C-H-A-P-A, paul.chapa at servingheroes.org paul.chapa at servingheroes.org um, subscribe on the podcast if you would please and if you want to know where all the digital platforms are just go to newsmaxtv.com slash podcasts okay, um, we're on iTunes Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart Pandora, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's growing dramatically so share with others if you would I can only imagine what the families of those who died Thursday in Kabul are feeling, and all I can do is pray for them, and that's all you can do for now. We've reached a point, we've reached a breaking point here that the country either stays together or doesn't. I'm not saying civil war, I'm just saying that it's time to put the same pressure that the left has put on all of our sacred institutions and say done we're done we're taking them all back we're taking them all back all right so uh god bless our our uh, service members both living and past god help us with the leadership of joe biden and hopefully his uh, presidency will end very soon before too much damage can be created uh god bless the police and our first responders as well and you and until tomorrow guys